G'day everyone and welcome back to Free Kick, the AFLW Fantasy Podcast. Today you're joining me, Liam, and my co-host Will for another episode of the Clubs in Day series. And today we're tackling Will's favourite, we're tackling the Geelong Cats out of Cadinia Park. Before we do that, Will, I've just got to ask how you're going. Oh, I am fantastic, thanks Liam, and I am very excited for this one. In my element, Cats down at Cadinia Park. Yeah, and we've kind of gone straight through most of the teams on the pod. We've gone me with Essendon, we've stolen Mel while she's away on safari and Fremantle, we've jumped straight across to you in Geelong. We've really condensed our kind of fandom into this one block. We've kind of got to keep this energy going for the rest of the series. Oh, I mean, I'm super excited for this whole series. We've got some huge content coming. So even though this is my team, and I am, of course, pumped for this, it's a huge series and we've got plenty of exciting stuff to come. Well, on the topic of exciting stuff, why don't you talk about Geelong's kind of team intro and why they looked so good last year? Yeah, absolutely. Last year was a very, very good year for Geelong. They returned to finals for the first time since their first season with a 7-3 season. Uh, they ended up uh, losing in their first final, but it was a very encouraging year of growth for the Cats based around a very stingy defence. So you talk about the fact that they've got a stingy defence and they really did see some improvement now. Obviously, improvement coming into another bumper year of free agency can be a problem. Were there many massive outs this year? No, not really. There were more players sort of around the fringes. They lost uh, Maddie Kerrick, defender, to uh, Port Adelaide. She sort of lost her spot to Claudia Gunjaka down back. And the other one who is someone we're going to talk about at great length when we get to the Sydney episode is Laura Gardner. Fantasy levels off the charts in the VFLW, but couldn't nail down a regular spot in the Cats midfield, so it's moved elsewhere for more opportunity. But otherwise, they've got a pretty settled team, Geelong. And the players that they've brought in as well aren't exactly unknown quantities either. One of them, in fact, played for the team previously. Yeah, absolutely. They've uh, brought back Erin Hall with the number one draft pick uh, in the recent fill-up draft. She provides some really good ruck cover now that they've sort of lost a bit of ruck depth in their list, so that's been a good pickup. And the other one is Kate Sermon, a half forward from Port Adelaide, who's coming to her childhood club. Well, speaking of Kate Sermon, that's a great throw to yourself yeah, because you had a chat with Kate Sermon just the other day and it was a fascinating interview. I think you'll all enjoy it. I'm going to throw straight to that now. G'day, everyone, and today I have... Uh, the new recruit from Geelong, Kate Sermon, with me. Kate, how are you going? I'm good, thanks, mate. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Um, firstly, you've got a big move to Geelong and to the to my beloved Cats, which is fantastic. Um, my first question for you is, uh, you're a Queenslander, but you're, you've grown up as a Geelong supporter. How did that come about? So I'm not actually a Queenslander. I'm actually originally from Ballarat. Oh, very nice. My partner's also from Ballarat. So. <laughs> yeah. Very, very different weather uh, to Absolutely. Queensland. But, yeah, no, I grew up and I left Ballarat when I was 21. So I think a lot of people in Ballarat and around the area are Geelong supporters. So that's probably where – and my dad was a Geelong – a pretty hearty Geelong supporter. So come from that. So the opportunity to play for the Cats is – bit of a, a it's like a once in a lifetime type thing so you know you can't pass the opportunity to do that yeah absolutely and I was going to say that the the cats must have mm. when they came knocking that must have been an opportunity too good to pass up I suppose yeah for sure who, who wouldn't you know having <laughs> my own Guernsey is pretty cool 
So actually, uh, it's pretty cool. I've been able to like buy little Guernseys to give to friends and stuff like that because it's a lot easier to give the Guernsey of the team that you supported for a long time because <laughs> they'll always be relevant, that Guernsey. So, um, yeah, no, it's uh, having a connection already to the club, it, it makes it easy just to kind of slot in, which is cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we were chatting a bit before because I've also got a, a cast on my hand, but uh, you've had mm. off-season surgery. Um, how's that affected your lead into this preseason? Yeah, it actually happened during preseason. So, uh, did the uh, good old one percenter and went to smother a ball, got kicked in the hand. So, just, just a little fracture, but luckily enough, it's something where they put a couple of screws and plates in, and then you're you're pretty much good to go once it's healed. So. To be honest, it's not really inhibiting my preseason at all. It's just building a little bit more resilience for the brain, which is which is always good. <laughs> Mental toughness is always nice. So um, another string to the bow. But um, yeah, no, nah, not really affecting it. It's a super long preseason, so um, I'm all good. Yeah, that's really good to hear. And I suppose you know, hand injuries aside, how has the preseason been going? You're now at your your third club. Um, how has it been a bit different between coming from an expansion side in? first Gold Coast and then Port Adelaide moving into a club that's sort of pushing towards finals or were in the finals last season hoping to contend. Mm. Yeah, I think I think the difference is it's just the progression of the, the team. I think when you start with a new team, you know, you, you have to kind of keep things relatively simple and you can't put really strong game plans in, but it's the third year of playing under uh, Dan. So you're looking at that, you know, it's the third year, so it's the third area that they're working on. So, you know, the first year defense, then middle, and then um, then looking at the third year to, to more of the attack, and that's kind of where I come in to play. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, game plan's just a little bit more advanced, which you would expect, just because it's a team that's been around for a while. So, uh, and then and a group that's been together for a long time. So, it's it's different. Getting used to the way people move is a bit tricky because mm-hmm. I'm trying to learn what, it's going to be like 29 girls, whereas yeah. they've just got to learn me. So I've definitely taken a little while just to kind of find my groove, but um, I'm sure I, the moment I get back out there, it'll be all good. The girls are the humming at the moment, which is awesome. Yeah, it's really good to hear. And you mentioned that, you know, the forward line sort of where you're going to be stationed. You played mostly across half, half forward with a bit of midfield time during your time at your other clubs. Um, is that the role that you've been sort of given at Geelong? Are you looking to play mostly as that half forward role or are you going to be moving in through the midfield? What what do you expect of your role at the Cats? Yeah, mo- mostly half forward. Like, you, it's, a, it's a tough one though with this season that there, there potentially could be some rule changes that'll make it meaning that girls might have to play multiple positions. But mm. I think my best game and what I'm best suited to is that half forward role. It's a, it's a, it's quite a difficult role and it's quite a disciplined role, but it really suits the way I play, particularly in the women's game. I, I wouldn't say no that I might not like chop here and in, in and out, but not, I wouldn't play a big role in, in the midfield. And we've got, our midfielders are pretty good. Mm. There's a lot of talent in that <laughs> midfield, so I, I don't think I even would be good enough to play in that midfield. So <laughs> just that, just that, the the lonely half forward line, the just in case position is is the position I'm going to be playing. So, but but who who does know though? But I'm <laughs> I'm pretty positive. But got to get a game. It's a good side. Got to get a game first. Well, I was actually going to mention that uh, Geelong has got a very deep midfield core. I mean, we saw players like Nina Morrison playing a bit off uh, half forward last season, whilst Chloe Shear, who's one of the the best contested forwards in the game, played a bit through the midfield. Have you sort of linked up with those sorts of players and um, had much to do with working on those dual role sorts of players who also do play across that half forward line? 
Yeah, yeah. So like just like like most teams, girls who come across different lines, work in different positions and stuff like that. I think what I notice is is and what the the key to the cats is is more that everyone plays a role. So no matter what position you're playing, you know the position for that role. So um whether you're playing the midfield, you play that role. It doesn't matter who it is, they play that role. Same with forward and vice versa. So Linking up with, I mean, they're, they're both very different style of players, oh, no. <laughs> but they're um, super talented. So, you know, Shiri's just the ability to mark and read the ball is pretty amazing. And Neen's is just her invasiveness is is pretty cool, cool to watch. Um, for those wondering at home, my cat just wandered across the screen. He's uh, actually named... <laughs> yeah. He's actually named after Joel Selwood, so another Geelong link Oh, that's there. pretty cool. Um, his name's Sally, so... Um... That's wicked. <laughs> Um, so you've been brought in to sort of help cross that half forward line. And one of Geelong's, I suppose, pitfalls in the last few seasons is they haven't been a high scoring team. Have you guys been really working? And you mentioned that it's been sort of a bit of a focus this preseason, but has there been a lot of work done to try and add more to that scoreboard pressure? Yeah, for sure. But like I said, you know, they've, you know, Dan come when he came in, he can't just go bang. We need to do everything. You know, you got to slowly integrate things. And this year, you know, the attack is, you know, what we need to focus on. And in the past, the the forward line probably has let us down. Not the players. It's probably more mm. the game plan and the yeah. structure around what we do in different scenarios. The players are there. Um, so I think that's that's really our focus. But just remembering not to forget what prior years have yeah. done and you know we kind of it's kind of more building off of that so um yeah it's it's definitely the main focus and you know you got to win games you got to score and when we play against those tougher teams those higher up on the the ladder scoring's an issue um and the only way to beat teams is to score yeah so exactly most underrated stat in the game the scoreboard i reckon uh people often forget <laughs> that um but I guess, uh, I guess they the con- I guess the contrast to that is um, the reason Geelong was a, a contender last season was they did have a very stingy defensive unit, and you're coming in as a, a mid half forward. But I'm sure that team defence has been, you know, an aspect that you've been brought into. How's that been working in a new sort of team defensive style? Yeah, I think the it's to be honest, like half forward roles don't change much no matter where mm. you go. Like yeah. it's usually the same stuff. Like. It's a lot of gut running um, and it is putting that forward pressure on. But the reality is is we can only protect and help the defence by putting as much pressure on as what we can. Yeah. So I think that that wasn't – the defensive pressure I don't think really was an issue for them last year either. Yeah, I think absolutely. that's why the defence yeah. was able to do what they can do. Um, not taking anything from the defence, they're very good. But I think um, our new forward, the way we play our forward structure this year – is going to put even more pressure on our defenders, which is going to make them even better yeah. um, going into season eight. So, um, yeah, just classic, classic small person. All you got to do is like put pressure on, pressure and run. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I like that you're sticking up for the the forward group, saying you're the ones doing all the work. So that's that's a good <laughs> good good way for a forward to be. <laughs> um, yeah, oh, I know. Yeah, fantastic. Um, I guess. Just moving back to yourself personally, like how have you felt about the move to Geelong just more from a personal sense? Has it been, aside from going to a club that you really like, has it been a a challenge moving to a third new place or has it sort of felt quite natural because you have been going to to a team that you quite, you know, you supported as as a kid? Has that been helpful in that regard? 
Yeah, I think it's been really easy. Um, I know that sounds like, and I think everyone always would say that because it always sounds really good, but to be mm. honest, it really has. Like, and even with injuring myself, um, it's still been quite easy, the whole transition. Mm. Um, I, I mean, I'm from Ballarat, so I've got a lot of friends in Geelong, in yeah. Melbourne, still in Ballarat. So I've got a lot of people outside of football, yeah, which yeah, of always helps. Um, and, you know, you learn a lot of lessons, you know, when I went to Port, you know, it's the first time I'd lived and done the season away from my other half. So you learn a lot of lessons. So mm. you can't also take that away that, oh, maybe I've come into this this environment, maybe a different person um, mm. and having different thoughts on everything. So I think that also plays a part. But I'm really lucky enough, the clubs, it's pretty obvious, like from the out, the clubs just super welcoming. Mm. The girls are really lovely. There's no one that's really superior to anyone else. It's just a really good yeah. group. So I'm really, really lucky. Um, and we all have the same goal. Um, we want to have fun. But we want to win. And yeah. I I want to win too, you know, and that's one of the reasons why I come to the Cats because I think it's a, it's a team that can win. Yeah, that's fantastic to hear as a, as a Cats supporter as well. Yeah. Um, you you might have been able, you, you actually said a couple of words, which is uh, learning lessons about yourself, which is going to lead me to a question that uh, you may actually be able to avoid because of your hand. But um, I hear that uh, during the 2020 lockdowns, you uh, actually took up learning the saxophone. Are you a skill, still a keen saxophone player? And I was hoping uh, it might have been on hand for you to play or something, but you might have uh, managed to get out of that one. Yeah, no, actually. So I actually learned saxophone as a kid. Ah. So I learned to play that, yeah, quite quite young. And then I think as you get older, it just gets a bit loud and you you, <laughs> you don't really get to practice it much, that much. But I uh, learned how to play tequila. Like that was one of the main ones nice. songs that I learned. And I still can still play a few things here and there. And I think I learned the Gold Coast Suns theme song on it. Oh. I, like I made it up um, with just the basic chords, <laughs> like nothing hectic, like G, A, B, C, I think an F and something like that. So very but nice. I can't say I'm – I can say I can do a little bit, but I'm not great at it. But an interesting fact, though, during uh, Port Adelaide, I actually learned a little bit how to, you, to play the ukulele. That was Oh, fun. very nice. Very I, nice. Found, I found that I had a little bit more free time than probably what I would have liked to, and I was like I, d- I didn't want to kind of scroll on my phone and all of that, so I just learned how to play the ukulele, and it's amazing how much time goes yeah. by. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah, I haven't I haven't managed to pick it back up, but it's something <laughs> that I reckon it's cool to throw out at like parties and stuff. Oh, like absolutely. That. And it sounds like you're, you know, mm. part of the way to being a, a one woman band actually, which is pretty exciting. <laughs> I can't <laughs> sing though, mate. Well, if you, I could sing, that'd be great. You'll just have to find someone at the club to be your second, I think. So <laughs> I think George uh, like Ranks, G Ranks, I think yeah. she's got a bit of a, a voice. I haven't heard it yet, but I have heard that she can throw a tune. So I might just uh, finish with a question that we like to ask all of our um, interviewees, which is who's the player to watch this next season? Who's in for a big season at the Cats coming into season eight? Yeah, so I think the um, the players to watch are always the classics, you know, Nina and and Prez, um, just because I think they didn't really, like Nina's is still, you know, she's phenomenal, but like she's just getting better and better, you mm. know. Um, but if you're looking at, at, at someone who you may be, not really like there's two people i reckon darb kate darby yeah i reckon she's one of the young guns she she is a gun but she's she's been she's she's been in the competition for a long time so yeah she would be one and then darcy maloney i reckon oh yes um she may spend a bit more time in 
inside um, and her ability to use her her feet um, and make a good decision. Um, so those two are the ones that people may not know as much mm. about that I, from watching on the sidelines, I'm, I'm impressed from, from the outside. So, um, but there's so many good players in this team. So yeah, <laughs> you'd say anyone, to be honest. Yeah. Darcy Maloney is a player that I've always really enjoyed watching. So I'm very happy to hear that. And um, we actually had Nina Morrison on the yeah. on the podcast last year. And the player she mentioned was also one of the veterans, which was Chantal Emerson. So there is actually uh, a bit of precedence for talking up the veterans down at Geelong. So I, I rate the Kate Darby one. I'll say that. <laughs> We're not me. Oh, maybe I'll be next, hey. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll have to get someone on and be like, oh, Kate, Kate Sermon. She's she's the the veteran superstar of the forward line, and <laughs> say something like that. <laughs> like, they'll just be like, she doesn't shut up. If you can give her a muzzle, you'll be right. Yeah. <laughs> I gather you're coming into a, a group of uh, players who are do like a chat. I hear um, Amy McDonald and Becky Webster also like uh, like getting on the gab. So. Yeah, they're, 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 like, they're pretty silly. I like silly people, but I think when you're looking at the extreme, I reckon I'm a bit further down the scale than, than what that the team is um, when you're looking at silly people. Um, but also, I've only been here a little bit, so I'm sure more and more of their uh, personalities have come out as they get more comfortable. Yeah. Well, very good. Some fantastic uh, bits of information there. Thank you so much for coming on. No problem, mate. Thanks, Will. Thank you. Will, great chat, great interview. If you could say, like, what was the most interesting thing you took away from it, what was it? Uh, other than the fact that uh, Kate Summers learned how to play ukulele, um, I reckon it's basically it's basically the fact that the Cats midfield is absolutely rolling, and that's something that we like to see in fantasy terms because midfielders get the points. Look, I'm going to counter you on two points there. First of all, great fantasy takeaway playing the ukulele, very important to all our mm. listeners. And secondly... A rolling midfield is excellent, but here's my question. It's going to go straight to kind of our, our top five is you say settled. I say no more room for growth. Well, it's individual growth that we're looking for because, and we'll get to it very shortly, but the player number one, gee, I think there's still some pretty impressive growth to come from this player. Well, you can you can just jump straight right into talking to her because, yeah, we're kind of at that point anyway. So, Will, who's your number one most relevant player at Geelong this year? Yeah, number one, Georgia Prasparkas. I can't say how excited I am to watch Georgia Prasparkas keep playing down at Geelong because she is such a talented footballer. We kind of talked a bit about her last year. She had a pretty good rookie season as a wonderful sort of cash-building option. And then she basically just jumped straight into an almost elite tier of midfielder, um, which was really impressive for someone who's still only 19, 20 years old. So I guess from that, we kind of think there's probably more natural improvement there. Can she push up towards that 90 average? I reckon definitely a chance. Um, but yeah, what do you reckon, Liam? I like agree with you in all bar the room for growth because... I think that the problem that we've got with Georgie is your number two player, which is Amy McDonald, who also improved massively last year. Like she has taken, you know, increased fantasy scoring steps in every single one of her last three seasons and actually outscored Georgie last year and is probably, you know, at this stage, a more prolific user of the ball than Georgie is. 
I think the fact that you've got two top 10 scoring fantasy midfielders in the one team, they will limit each other in how high that they can go. I think if you were to, and I know that that's ridiculous given that there's a, you know, a Noffy and a Hatchard at Adelaide, but even then, that they're like Ebony Marinoff is the most prolific player that the league has seen. Like that is, that is an outlier, I would say. Yeah. And I, I tend to agree with you. And I think that Prasparkas gets my number one because there could be growth. I'm not saying there's guaranteed to be growth. I think she could very easily become a more impactful and fantastic player while keeping her fantasy scores around the same mark. Whereas in, as you said with Amy McDonald, she's been increasing year by year. Last year didn't drop below 70. So she's ultra consistent, which is why for me, I think Amy McDonald's one of these players that you'd probably be looking to bring in around about round seven or eight to round out your team rather than starting with her. Yeah, and but I would also say the same thing with Georgie. I think Georgie is probably a player that could be a value pick to start with, but I tend to agree with you. I think it's more likely that she'll be a target later on. Yeah, okay. So I guess we're on the same page then. Like We both think that they're gun footballers, and we clearly see the fantasy pedigree, but it's just a question of degree. Like, what's mm. their upside? I think you'd almost prefer to see a down game from one of them in the first three rounds. Kill this pricing cycle a little bit more than you would other midfielders in that range, and then jump on, kind of make it a, a really nice pick to kind of get yourself up above other coaches who are looking to fix up rookies. So we've dealt with the kind of primo midfielders and they're going to be the ones, the names you'll hear us talk about throughout the season because I don't see a world where they're not high scoring. The third player is actually someone that we've just heard you talk a bunch about and that's Kate Sermon. Well, why is Kate Sermon fantasy relevant? Yeah, it's an interesting one because I was really looking through the Geelong team and there's not a huge amount of room for growth, as you've said, Liam. They're a very settled team. A lot of their players have now played, you know, 20, 30 games, so they're probably reaching their peak. So Kate Sermon interests me because she's coming from Port Adelaide to a stronger team in Geelong. So her season with Port Adelaide last year didn't have a great season from a fantasy perspective, but we know she can put up some pretty decent scores. She scores pretty consistently around... 50-60 when she was playing for Gold Coast. And I'm just hoping that, and this is really is quite a hopeful one, really, is that coming into a Geelong side, which, as we heard in that interview, are looking to put more points on the board, she might be one of the beneficiaries there. I think I don't think that that's an outrageous thing to say. I just don't know if I see the upside enough. I think oh, that- I, Absolutely. And for me, th- one of the only reasons that this one is really getting legs as well is because the forward line... We've been thinking about who might be in that forward line and there's a lot of players sort of fitting into that, you know, 40 to 50 mark, which could be risers. We're not quite sure, obviously, who those players are yet, but she's one that could realistically go from a 40-ish average up to about a 50-55 and that might be good enough. Yeah, okay. Like, I, I can I can get around that as a possibility. I still think that of the 40 to 50 price players, I think that a Ewing's, a Roberts... I'd even say a Paige Scott, even in that kind of trio of second-year players, interests me more. But I don't think it's outlandish to suggest mm. that a more experienced player might be a mid-priced option that you you could take with at least a little bit more confidence that the that the floor isn't too terrible. Mm. That kind of, I think that kind of wraps up someone who we think might have some possibilities, but 
not high on our rankings. This last player, no, sorry, this fourth player is someone who, if they do play by themselves, has some serious potential. Will, who's that? Yeah, I've gone for, with the number one draft pick, Erin Hall. We know that she can get hit outs. We know she's going to be bottom price. The simple problem, I suppose, for Erin Hall is whether she plays or not, as you said, Liam, because Olivia Fuller has been playing really, really well as that main ruck. They've been using Kate Darby as the backup. So I think with Erin Hall, as soon as she gets a game, bring her in as a, a downgrade option probably from one of your your rucks who's earned you a bit of cash. Whether she'll be a high-scoring option, not sure she will be, but I think there's a, a definite downgrade option there sometime in the season. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And we were kind of always looking for players that we know can score 40s in our rucks if we're looking for some cover and we're not trying to do the the, um, the double ruck loop. So, yeah, I, I, I can't disagree with that. Like, it's, yeah. it's a completely unique player. Someone who's, you know, in their 30s, gets taken in the draft, pick one, mm. played before for two tallest, clubs. Tallest player ever, so you know that hitouts are always going to be an option. There's no comparison, right? Mm. But, yeah, it's a name to have in your little black book for the middle of the season. I don't think it's going to be someone that we pick straight away, unless there is an injury to live fuller, and she just slots right back into that mm. group of rookie rucks that we could potentially pick with Wackfer and with um, Fleur Davies. Yeah, if she, if she can be a Cambridge McCormack this year, that would be bad for Geelong, but good for our fantasy teams. But yeah, I think that she's a player that if she gets a game around four or five even, you probably earned a bit of money off a, a whack for straight down. Easy. Yeah. All right. So that's a pretty nice way to wrap up that discussion. And now into the fifth player. Will, who have you picked? I picked another forward, and it's a player who I love watching. I said this in the interview, and it was one of the picks that Kate Sermon said for a breakout year, which is Darcy Maloney. Darcy Maloney, super talented player, apparently going to be playing a bit further up the ground this year, which is something we love to hear from the fantasy terms. It's Specky. <laughs> that's picking, that's your vibe. Picking a small forward is always Specky. We've talked about it for so many other players. I think she's going to have a fantastic year. Will that translate into fantasy terms? It's it's a gamble that I'm probably not making round one. But I was yeah. really plumbing the Geelong list to try and find a number five here. Yeah, like uh, I don't think it takes much for the listeners to realise we've really had to scrape the barrel here for Geelong. They're a very settled side. There does not appear to be system change, role change. A lot of players had their best season. We can't even throw a name that we did in last year like Chloe Shear because she just became a forward like, full-time. Mm. It wasn't, oh, we might throw her in the mids. It's like, no, it's yeah. just kind of set. Yeah, she had an all-Australian all year as well, but doesn't translate to fantasy, so... I think the only name that we could possibly mention is, and who hasn't been included, uh, is Nina Morrison. And I, mm. I'm not going to belabor the point here because I've actually got someone else for my fifth Liam special, but that's a very high pedigree as well, and we've seen capacity to score highly game to game. She's kind of that third cog that we've not discussed whatsoever. It's kind of third and fourth cog with um, with Webster, um, even if she's not always the highest CBA attending midfielder of the pair of them. I think outside of that, we're kind of like, well, who are the options? Yeah. Where's the upside? Where, what, are we, what are we doing here? And, and the word that you've said there is the important one is upside because there are players like Meg McDonald who's probably in the frame to be a decent-ish defender. There are a few others that will be around that mark, but none of them present value, which is what we're looking for at this time of year. Yeah, and I think I think we've kind of it's pretty clear that 
there is a slant to these top five most relevant, which is at the beginning of the year, kind of in the first half. Because a Meg McDonald, she can average a 50 over three weeks. That could be a rookie upgrade. Yeah, cool. Like, I don't think that's a terrible option. I just yeah. don't know if it's worthwhile picking. Yeah, it's what we did last year season. with Meg McDonald as well, basically. I think that's. Uh, I think that about wraps up your top five, and I really think it is a kind of top two, plus mm. some speculative options. And I'm going to continue that, and I'm going to say that one name to just put away as a one for consideration is Michaela Bowen, uh, if only because we're trying to pick players who we know who've scored with upside in the past. Now, Bowen is a quite small sized but very hard working winger who averaged in the mid to low. 60s for a few seasons in a row. I think it was three seasons in a row she was in that area for West Coast and then requested a trade over to Geelong and finished the season last year with an average of only 53. Now, I think that is partly to do with the fact that there is just a good spread of, of midfielders and potential scorers in a in a better side than Geelong than, than at West Coast. But given that we've seen Michaela Bowen in particular in Season 5. She had an average of 67. Again, just playing as a winger, I think it's a decent possibility she could go up to that high again, particularly with someone like a Laura Gardner stepping away. I only know I know that's only a 40 to 50 point average that is going to need to be replaced by scoring from someone, but I don't think it's beyond the realms of possibility that Michaela Bowen could see a bump. Yeah, and the other thing is she's still only 22. That's one of the things about a lot of these Geelong players a lot of them are still really young. McDonald, Prasparkas, Darcy Maloney, the other one we mentioned. There is room for improvement. Whether that translates to fantasy improvement, I guess we'll see. But it's not a wild thing to suspect that a player like Michaela Bowen will improve. So I, I think that's a fair one. Yeah, well, I think that's a nice little way to, to wrap up then our uh, our Geelong pod, which is to say, well, there's a room for improvement for a lot of them. We're just not sure about how fantasy relevant they're going to be. Which means that we're now going to wrap up and we're going to tell you to make sure, first of all, to follow us on Instagram and follow us on Twitter because what you need to be looking at is our best 21s, which we put up alongside every one of these episodes. So for Geelong, there'll be our predicted best 21 for the side going into uh, the beginning of Season 7. And you can find us on Twitter at FreeKickWPod. Where can they find you? Yep, they can find me on Twitter and Instagram at WillH underscore VI. And you can find me on Twitter at Liam AFLW Fantasy. Well, that'll be it for today, folks. I hope you enjoyed today's Geelong episode, and I hope you're really excited for tomorrow's equally fascinating Gold Coast Suns episode. See ya. Great stuff. See you, everyone. See you next time. <laughs>